Hello, I'm Wayne, and this is my Iron Maiden podcast, sponsored by Birmingham Art Gallery, an impressive range of pre-Raphaelite art, currently closed due to lockdown. On these podcasts, I look at the songs of Iron Maiden and what they meant to me growing up as a boy in 1980s Birmingham. I'm now on Series 4, which is the Peace of Mind album, and this week I'm looking at the song Still Life, which is track number 6 on the Peace of Mind album. Last week, I looked at the Trooper, and there were many comments about the episode. After my concerns about the amount of porridge discussion following on from my Die With Your Boots On episode, I was pleased to see there was a mixture of comments about different topics. Alejandra decided to focus on the music this week, and agreed with most of my points, and she actually said that the Trooper was the quintessential Iron Maiden song. And quintessential means a typical representation. So this is a good point about the Trooper. It's a typical representation of Iron Maiden. Uncle Steve said he was surprised that I didn't mention the song Como Estas Amigo when I was referring to songs about the Falklands War. Well, this is a very good point, but I wasn't going that far into the future. My point was about the difference in tone over war songs in 1982 compared to 1983. And Como Estas Amigo didn't come out until the 90s, although it is about the Falklands War. This was good to have comments about Iron Maiden and the music and what I said in the episode. Daniel Davis has been in touch previously and you may recall that he said that I was as deaf as a Jaffa cake for not ranking Revelations higher in the list of songs that attract two on albums. He seems to have mellowed a bit because he congratulated me and Trevor on the episode. Although he did say that it should be HP brown sauce on sausage and on bacon which goes against what I said. He mentioned that I should be sticking to my Brummy roots and going with HP brown sauce. And yeah, I remember HP brown sauce being made in Birmingham. There was a factory by Aston Park and I used to walk past quite a lot. You could smell it being made and it was sort of vinegary but comforting. I miss those times. I had Andy and he lives in Scotland and he says that he has red and brown sauce on a full English breakfast. Which seems outrageous. Martin Q also said that this was acceptable, but he said to make sure you separate the two sources. So an interesting perspective on the song The Trooper and about condiments on breakfasts. There were many comments on Trevor's poem and on Trevor in general, but I'll perhaps come on to those later when I have a chat with him. So as I said, this week I'm looking at still life and the opening guitar part is quite mellow and a nice change after the stampeding gallop of The Trooper. It's quite pleasant, but before you get to that, something strange happens. There's this sort of backwards vocal. Listen to this. Now you may remember that there were some vocal introductions on songs on the Number of the Beast album. And I thought that on the Number of the Beast, it was Eddie who was doing the voice, and I thought that on The Prisoner, it was the devil doing the voice, because they were on the sleeve, so I thought that that was perhaps what was happening. Obviously, I discussed this in those episodes, and I found out that I was wrong sometime later. On this song, here was another voice. So I looked at the sleeve, and it didn't sound like Eddie on The Number of the Beast, so it couldn't be him. So I thought it might be one of those knights that are in the background on that picture of the band having roast dinner. This is on the inner sleeve, 
and I've discussed this in some detail on the Where Eagles Dare episode. Looking at the sleeve, it says that the knights were Martin Birch and Derek Riggs, so I'm not sure what they were doing dressed as knights while the band were eating their dinner. I imagine Derek Riggs might have been laughing. Maybe the band forgot that they were there while they were tucking into their potatoes and peas. That might have been awkward if the band started arguing about the artwork or about the production, not realising that Derek Riggs and Martin Birch are listening. Might have been a bit stuffy in there. It's possible that I'm overthinking this, and maybe they were just actually posing for this photo shoot, and maybe they didn't even have a dinner, they just sat there for a bit. Anyway, I thought this was one of the knights doing this voice, as I said, but I find out it was Nico. And you may wonder what the language was, but it's actually played backwards. So here it is, played the right way round. Hmm, hmm. What said it thing with three bonds? Good understand. I'm not sure it makes much sense either way, really. But I did this as a sort of response to those people who said they were devil worshippers, because it was a common thing to have messages played backwards on records. Listening to what Nico says is basically warning those people not to hear things that aren't there. And he opens it with, What ho said the ting, but in sort of a affected accent. Doing other people's accents isn't always PC these days, so maybe they won't get away with it in the 21st century. You may have heard some of his jokes on the Listen With Nico series. I don't think he'd be able to do those today. However, this What Ho Said The Ting greeting was repeated on a B-side to Can I Play With Madness called Black Bart Blues. When the song ends, we hear Nico messing about, but he greets us with this again. Listen to this. Nico here. Hi. Hi. So I'm not sure why this is at the beginning of Still Life. They may have thought it was funny to put this message in. But why not in front of another song? Why did they choose this song? Well, it could be because of the theme of the song, which I'll discuss later. Still Life is the title. And this is a form of art where you just sort of draw something that's still. Basically, it's people drawing inanimate objects. This makes sense because of the word still, but it doesn't make sense for the word life. So if you had an apple on a table, that might be still life, but an apple doesn't live, does it? I don't think it does, although some plants do. And I don't know if an apple is a plant, technically. It's a fruit, isn't it, from a plant? I'm not sure. I wasn't very good at science. Anyway, a person standing still and posing for a picture isn't still life, even though they're alive. Yet, an apple on a table is. I find art very confusing. I remember in an art class at school that we were asked to do a still life painting. I did my empty carton of Vimto because it was a still drink rather than a fizzy drink. I thought I'd get extra marks for this joke because it was a still drink in a still life painting. Even though I pointed this out six times, nobody laughed. Thomas Spencer got a good mark for his painting of his school pumps. But to me, it just looked like black ovals with lines that were the laces. There was a bit of extra irritation for me, because this art lesson happened about a week after the sports day where I forgot my PE kit, so I felt that his painting of school pumps was an indirect taunt. Despite the song title, it's not actually about art. It's actually quite a dark song, and it's about gazing into a pool and seeing people. These people are beckoning and tempting you in, to what I referred to as dark depths. So I take this to mean death. 
In his forthcoming children's book, Adrian Smith uses a similar pull to join dimensions or to act as a portal. But there's no lyrics in Still Life about fishing rods or old Mrs Stratton's wig. Despite the dark theme, the guitar intro is very nice. It reminds me a bit of Strange World, that sort of soft feel. And Bruce's vocal at the beginning is also quite soft, a bit like the first verse in The Number of the Beast. And it's a bit strange because he trusts his soft words as he dares you to look in the pool. But actually, this delicate tone almost reflects his anguish because later on he says, Oh, I know you don't believe me and I've no doubt that you think I'm off my head. So here he suggests that he knows that people think he's mad if he's seeing faces in a pool. So as I've said, it could be sort of a suicidal theme and maybe the pool is a symbol of voices in his head. This is a bit like the song Another Life, isn't it? Where the lyric says, sweet voices come into my head. But in the case of Still Life, the lyric says, spirits calling me. There's a request in the song about joining him to jump in the pool together. So it's a bit like a request for a loved one to maybe to commit suicide together. Again, this is quite bleak. And the song's inspired by The Inhabitant of the Lake by Ramsey Campbell, which I haven't read. But Dave Murray might have read this because he wrote this song and it's strange that this book inspired him to write his first song in three years. Now it's time for Dave Murray Fact of the Week. As I've said, Dave Murray wrote this song and it was a joke in the 1980s that he only wrote a song every three years. And this would be true because the next song he would write was in 1986 and he wrote the song Deja Vu. He chose his title deliberately because he realised that there had been no songs with the letter J in up to this point. And he was very annoyed by this. They'd used up all the other letters in other songs, except J. So even though he was a bit annoyed, as I've said, he still smiled about it. So I hope you enjoyed this week's Dave Morey Fact of the Week. The song builds quite nicely. There's quite a few changes, and even though it starts quite delicately, a drum roll, and then we're into the main part of the song, the sort of harder sound... And there's some nice harmonies and backing vocals, especially the part with nightmares in it, which I think might be the chorus, but it doesn't feel like one, which is quite strange. The lyrics don't even talk about still life as a concept, and they don't mention those words, so that's quite strange. But the Peace of Mind album, we've had a few songs like this, unlike The Number of the Beast. So we've only had two out of the six songs so far that do mention the title and the lyrics, which is Where Eagles Dare and Die With Your Boots On. However, this song is important because in the lyrics it says, Will Give Me Peace of Mind, which of course gave the album its title. As a boy, I didn't know the song was about suicide. I wouldn't have thought of this. I probably just took the words literally. And I imagine there was a pool that people were looking in. A bit like the bird bath in the back garden. There's not many exotic birds in East Birmingham, but it's quite nice to see them having a wash or a drink. I imagine the pool in the song as like a bird bath. But when I looked in it, it was quite shallow, so there was no dark depths like in the song. All I saw was my face with a walkman staring back at me. The only other pool I knew about was Stitchford swimming baths, and there was the line... Hand in hand, 
then we'll jump right into that pool. This was something I wanted to do with Fiona Gregory when we went there with school. I thought this would be quite romantic. I planned to do it once as we got free time at the end of the lesson. When it came to the day in 1987, I was too scared to ask her though. And it's probably a good job because I found later that my 5 metres badge had ripped off my trunks which left a small hole where my testicles were and still are. Now it's time for... Steve Harris's Diary Steve Harris's Diary Steve Harris's Diary Steve Harris's Diary August 1983 We've had a few ropey moments lately. Bruce got arrested after a show the other day. We had some mod on the stage for 22 Acacia Avenue. Miss Evie met all Sammy. And there she was, just dancing about in fine length boots and a bathing costume, although I wasn't really looking to be honest. And Bruce goes and rips her top off, don't he? All the fans were cheering. I didn't look, of course. I was uh, too busy concentrating on the bass. Anyway, looks like she wants to press charges. Rod's told us not to worry though, so it's alright. But that weren't bad enough. A few nights later, I had a right Barney with Nico. Really having a go at each other we were. Then Bruce comes in, stirring it all up. Turns out he's recording the flaming thing. Oh, I suppose we'd all look back on this one day and have a good old laugh about it. Steve Harris's diary. Steve Harris's diary. Steve Harris's diary. Steve Harris's diary. Steve Harris's diary is sponsored by Seven Up. The song's been played 44 times live. And apart from a couple of the songs on this album, which have never been played live, this is the one that's been played the least. This is quite a surprise, because it's quite popular, and it might be seen as a bit of an underrated song. I think most people think it's okay, but maybe it doesn't quite flow or translate well live. It's a bit stop-start, perhaps, and you can't dance to it. I tried the other week, and failed. It was played at the Birmingham NEC when I saw them with Trevor in 1988, and this was a surprise. And of course it's on the Made in England album as a result of this. As Steve Harris mentioned in his diary last week, this was removed from the set for the US dates of the World Peace Tour. And it seems similar with the 7th Tour of the 7th Tour, where it was mainly played in the UK. So of those 44 times it's been played live, it's only been played 6 times outside the UK. I'm not sure why this is. I don't think it's a song that particularly resonates with the UK audience. I feel I should like the song more than I do. When I look at the track list for Peace of Mind, I'd say, yeah, it's one of the stronger songs on it. But when you hear it compared to The Trooper or Where Eagles Dare, it can't really compete with those songs. There's quite a nice long solo section in the song where Adrian and Dave take it in turns. Enjoying this, Nico's hi-hat is quite prominent, but they're like short bursts. So I think he's hitting it and then stopping it with his hand. So it's quite, yeah, quite unusual. I didn't like the use of percussion that he did in Revelation, but I quite like his unusual approach here. The ending of the song seems quite abrupt. It just says, now we rest in peace, and it stops. And I guess that's right, isn't it? Because they're dead. But then at the end, if you listen carefully, you can hear someone saying, yeah, and then I think they're about to swear. So I don't know if it's an engineer, or if it's Nico in the drum room being picked up by one of the mics. You often get this sort of noise in the background at the end of a song, perhaps some emotion after a good take. Sometimes a band might think it's a good spontaneous reaction 
and leave it in as a special treat for eagle-eared listeners. You can hear something similar at the end of The Unbeliever on The X Factor. Someone says, that's the one at the end of it. And that means they were happy with that take in the studio. I had a message from Dennis Stratton this week. Hello, Wayne. Dennis Stratton here. Another lockdown for us. It affected my enjoyment of Halloween. There I was, sat in the living room, dressed as an umpalumpa, with Julian all polished nicely. And nobody knocked the door. Have you ever looked in the mirror to see yourself eating lots of sweets and singing the Umpalumpa song to yourself and wondered what you're doing with your life? I see there's plenty of fireworks out there, though. I don't like those. A stupid tradition. Still life, then? That's a nice song. Good to see Davy Boy was encouraged to write songs at this time. Ooh, I've started a Christmas shelf. I buy one treat a week and I put it there ready for Christmas. I've got a drum of dry roasted peanuts and a tube of jelly tots. It's hard with them sitting there, not being able to eat them. But I'll wait. I'm a bit disappointed because I can't find an advent calendar I like. Why do they all have chocolate in nowadays? I used to be happy with just a picture behind the door, like of a donkey or a bell. I don't think they do those anymore. Things are taken from us, Wayne, and we don't notice. And then, when we do, it's too late to speak out. Anyway, I'm pleased to hear that young Trevor has a book out. It seems anybody can write a book these days. Maybe I'll start on my Beyond the Stratosphere memoirs as a New Year's resolution. I was a bit sad to hear that Steve Harris has a theme tune for his diary segment, and yet I haven't had one, and I've been an ever-present in each series. Oh well, I suppose I'm used to being forgotten or left out. Take care for now, Wayne. Dennis. Right, I'm going to give Trevor a ring now, see what he's got to say. Hi, Wayne. Hello, Trevor. How are you doing this week? Yeah, I'm good, yeah. It's, uh, getting close to the uh, Christmas special, aren't we? Yeah, we are, yeah. Um, I suppose you've uh, given up mentioning the Halloween one, so now you're focusing on the Christmas one. Yeah, have you got any plans for it yet? Well, I'm, I'm thinking about it. I'll be doing one the Tuesday before Christmas, so uh, yeah, there will be a Christmas special, but... You don't have to worry about that now. We're talking about still life. But first of all, um, let's have a look at some of the comments you got last week. There are a lot of people saying that your poem was really good. Um, Uncle Steve said it was a gem. So that's a shock, isn't it? Well, not really. Um, I think it's been coming, hasn't it? And uh, I sent him a copy of my poetry book. And I think that he's been reading that. So he obviously knows more about how to appreciate poetry. So it's funny that as soon as he's got that book, now he likes my poems. Well, I don't think I'd go that far. I think he liked the Trooper poem. I don't know if he has gone back and changed his mind about any of the others. In fact, he was quite concerned about the fact that you got his address. Where did that come from? Did I? Just sent it. Well, you do know that I'm quite strong on GDPR and data breaches. If you remember my comments in the 22 Acacia Avenue episode, I'd be very disappointed if anything untoward has been happening. No. Just put his address on the envelope. What, you just guessed what it was? Yeah. Okay. You said you sent him a letter as well? Yeah, I did. Was it a blackmail letter? No. Okay, well, I was just concerned that he suddenly changed his tune a bit with uh, comments about your poetry. Okay, well, yeah, nothing to worry about, but I'd like to say thank you to everybody who who liked my poem last week. Yeah, we had good comments, although... uh, 
Andrew Whitnell was a bit annoyed about the fact that you didn't like the St George's flag. What do you mean? When you were talking about it with the sandcastles, you said that you liked the, the Scotland one and the Welsh one, but then you said the English one was boring. Well, that's just an opinion, isn't it? I think the others were a bit more detailed. So as a boy, it did seem a bit boring. Doesn't mean I didn't like it. Okay, well, anyway, those are the comments we had. Well, there's probably some more, but we haven't got time. Um, so anyway, Still Life. Um, what do you think about that song? Yeah, I like it. Um, quite unusual, strange theme. Um, I quite like the lyrics because they're a bit scary. You don't quite find out what it is that's in the pool. So it's a bit like my theory, isn't it? Show and don't tell. It's a bit like you don't know what David Bowie drew on the carpet in the song Breaking Glass. Uh, okay. It's not about still life, uh, the art anyway, but uh, it made me think maybe I should do some art because I've done poetry and book. Maybe I should sell some drawings I've done. What sort of drawings would you do? Well, one example of still life was Andy Warhol and he did a tin of Campbell's soup. Maybe I could do some drawings for you and the podcast of Frey Bentos pie tins. I don't think anyone will be interested in those. I think you'll be surprised what people do buy with art. I think Frey Bentos in wax crayon, and then I could put them on the Ko-Fi page, couldn't I? I don't really want your work to sort of take over the Ko-Fi page. I use it for blocks and things. I don't want it to have pictures of Frey Bentos pies or, or any other stuff you get up to. Well, I'm hoping to do things in the new year, so look out for that. Are you talking to me or the listeners? Because I don't know anything about this, so I'm not looking out for anything because I have to approve it. All right, well, anyway, yeah, I like the song. Well, we saw it, didn't we, live in Birmingham? It was quite a surprise, a bit like Killers. I didn't expect it in the set. Yeah, that's right, it was good. It was nice because we didn't know what they were going to play, did we? Uh, it's not like today where you can look on the internet. Um, we, we knew they'd probably play lots from the Seventh Son album and maybe a few from somewhere in time. And then of the classics. But yeah, like Killers and Still Life, they, they were surprises. In fact, they played that after The Prisoner, didn't they? I think I had to sort of hold you still after The Prisoner because that was when you were dancing around like a He-Man figure. No, I wasn't. I enjoyed it. There's nothing wrong with going a bit crazy in a gig. But I've calmed down anyway. Still Life was a nice sort of come down after it. But you were in a bad mood because you were embarrassed about me in The Prisoner and then you sort of were watching me during this. And I felt that you weren't enjoying the show. So it made me not enjoy the show a bit. And then Die With Your Boots On was next. And then you went crazy about that, didn't you? You're moaning. And then there was other fans surrounding us, touching at you. They weren't touching at me. Yeah, they did. Because you groaned when when it started. So then you became the embarrassment. All right, well, it wasn't about fans taking sides. They are all watching the band anyway. They weren't paying attention to me. Well, that's what I thought in The Prisoner. Yeah, you sort of make a big deal of it. Okay, well, I'm fed up of the occasional argument popping up on these shows. Let's put this to bed. You enjoyed The Prisoner. You went a bit crazy. You danced like a He-Man figure, in my opinion. Then they played Still Life, which was good. And then, yeah, okay, I was a bit disappointed that Die With Your Boots On was played. But uh, I don't think it drew that much attention. So anyway, let's have a listen to your poem this week. See if you can keep momentum up after last week. Okay, here it is. The galleries are shut, so I look through people's windows. It's dark outside, and all the lights are on, so I'm watching people's lives as art. You can't see me, watching you, watching midsummer murders in your dressing gown. I'd stay a while longer, but it's cold, and I forgot my gloves. 
Okay, so after last week, which was quite an emotional poem, I had a few comments about it. Um, I'd like to think that nobody will comment on this because it affects the podcast. But to me, this isn't a poem again. Why not? Well, it's just an observation written down. You're just talking about looking through someone's window, which is quite disturbing. Was that me in the dressing gown? No. Why? Do you watch Midsummer Murders? No, I don't. No, I watch other people. When I go to the shops and it's dark and they've got the light on, so you can see inside their house and you can judge them on their wallpaper. Or maybe look at what they're doing. If they're naked, I walk away. Okay, well, clearly this is some sort of weird hobby you've got, but is there anything that we can get from it as a poem? So you're talking about the the galleries are shut, so you're talking about humans and their lives as art. Yeah, that's right. So this is the the equivalent, isn't it? We have this on the telly. We have people, real people on the telly with their views, and I don't like it. Why not? Because they ruin it. They're sort of interviewed about things they don't understand, like on Strictly, when they talk about the dancers that they like. It's just staged. It's rubbish. Or they're trying to make a name for themselves with their comments about watching telly. It's all fake. You are aware that we're real people having views on a podcast? Yeah. Yeah, but I'm not trying to go on, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here, am I? Or whatever it's called. I'm not trying to be a celebrity. I'm just trying to be a poet with no face because no one knows what I look like. Like in the Genghis Khan poem. Okay, well, uh, I feel once again this this conversation's gone a bit strange. So, Still Life, you think it's all right then? Not one of the best songs on the album? No, it's quite good. It's a bit different, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I suppose it is. Okay, so anyway, next week we've got Quest for Fire, so uh, are you going to do a poem for that? Yeah. What? what any, any ideas whether it's going to be a good one or not? Well, I think all my poetry's good. Um, as I said last week, I expect criticism, like Tennyson had criticism, and I've got to adapt, and I don't want to become comfortable, and I've got to be... I've got to do different things. Yeah, I can't... Well... Uh, anyway, I'll speak to you next week, uh, Quest for Fire, as I said. So I look forward to that. OK, thanks, Wayne. Bye. OK, you can follow me on social media. I'm at Wayne Maiden on Twitter. I'm also on Facebook, and I've got a Ko-Fi page, which is ko-fi.com forward slash wimp. And there you can find a few other bits that complement the show, including, of course, Trevor's book. I think there's still some options there for a signed first edition, so uh, that's good news. It hasn't quite sold out in the same way Iron Maiden show would. But I suppose you didn't expect that. I've become a bit worried about Hawklord or whatever his guise is lately. Because in the Peace of Mind album, I've not heard from him or her. And maybe Hawklord, or whoever that person is, doesn't like the Peace of Mind album. Maybe it's a rare Iron Maiden fan, because he seemed to like every song on the other albums. But then, on Peace of Mind, he's either gone missing, or maybe he just doesn't like the album. So I'm happy that he hasn't spammed my show with nonsense. I have to say, I'm a bit concerned about his welfare, or her welfare. Maybe they've left Twitter. I've had a message from Joe Wilkes, and she says that she's surprised that Dennis Stratton has only just started a Christmas shelf, when in fact, he sounds the sort of person who would have started it a few months ago. Yeah, I suppose that's a good point. But uh, maybe he was preparing for Halloween. He seemed to be quite focused on that, didn't he? So that's still life then. It seems a bit of a curiosity, speaking about it, compared to other songs. It's not really a classic, but it's not really a filler either. Um, And 
it's strange that it's only been played so few times, but I'm glad that I've seen it on one of those occasions. On my album review show, I normally do my top three songs. I think most Iron Maiden fans will probably rank three other songs above this on the album, but yet it wouldn't be in the bottom three either. So it's like a mid-table side in football, or a side that doesn't do very much, maybe gets as far as the playoffs and, and then struggles. So it's a bit like the Everton of the Premier League, or the Houston Texans of the NFL, never doing enough to threaten the big boys. To me, it sort of softens the blow between The Trooper and Quest for Fire, because there's a bit of a drop in quality between those two songs. In fact, I think most fans would say more than a bit. But we'll find out more about that next week when I talk about Quest for Fire. This has been my 40th episode, so happy birthday to me and my podcast, although it isn't my birthday. Maybe later I'll celebrate with a glass of something, maybe some Pepsi Max Cherry, which I quite like. I might have a bath as well. I'd like to thank everyone for sticking with me for 40 episodes. Maybe you haven't, maybe you've just joined and and listened to this album, but maybe go back to the start and and see what what happened and hopefully how I've improved over time. But anyway, uh, that's been Still Life and I hope that you'll join me next week for Quest for Fire. So uh, thanks for listening. Bye-bye.